Merch alert! You asked and we delivered. The Royals of Malibu now has merch. We've got so much to choose from, like Team Easton or Team Reed or Team Isaac hoodies and hats. Some fun items like Do Not Dim My Sparkle t-shirts or Ugly Hot hoodies. Plus, plenty of accessories too, like our Trom mugs, AirPod cases, tote bags, stickers, and more. We'll be sharing new drops, sales, and much more on our socials at the Royals of Malibu, so be sure to follow along. That's at the Royals of Malibu. Check out the merch website at emeraldaudio.myshopify.com. That's emeraldaudio.myshopify.com. Emerald Audio is now an imprint of Diversion Audio, focusing on female-led storytelling. Hey, I'm Chris Caffaro. And I'm Nick Caffaro. We're real-life brothers who play fake-life brothers Reed and Easton Royal on the hit podcast, The Royals of Malibu. On this companion podcast, we'll be doing a deep dive into each episode, giving behind-the-scenes insights, talking to some special guests, and maybe even having some laughs along the way. Welcome to The Royal Boys. Nicholas. Hello, Christopher. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. It's Friday, weekend. Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Do we own the rights to that song? We do. Now. Nice. How's your week been? It's been good. It's, uh, I think we talked about this last time. I'm, uh... So why are you gonna repeat it? Why are you gonna repeat it? That's a good point. I just want people to know what I'm up to. What what were you gonna say? I was gonna say I have been performing with the Groundlings Sunday Company for three weeks now it's a sketch performance group uh we have shows live every sunday we write original sketches for the show every week this week i wrote a crazy one that involves i don't i don't even think i want to give context as to why but it involves me rubbing peanut butter all over my face Mm. so uh right before this actually you could probably still smell the peanut butter in my apartment What's so crazy about you doing this is that you have a severe nut allergy. Yeah, but you got to do it for the joke. Yeah. So the swelling is is pretty severe right now. It'll go down. Yeah. I'll do anything for a laugh. Um, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I don't really have much to share. I'm just good. Life is good. I'm trying to be more optimistic. Yeah, we got Thanksgiving coming up. Although this will come out well after Thanksgiving, but there's never a bad time to be thankful and count your blessings. I mean, God, there's so much terrible stuff in the world. And so every now and then you just need to take a deep breath and remind yourself that there are things to be grateful for. There are things to be grateful for. I did that thing. I did that. And uh, I was told before we started this podcast that I do this too much. And so uh, like a sucking of the teeth. So I'm going to be really, really cautious not to do that yeah please do because i spend a lot of time trying to edit those out yeah and i don't do any editing so thank you you for doing that i know i was joking i was being passive aggressive chris this could be an old man alarm you're so fucking old i'll be the judge of that but i discovered something this week and that is that you could comment underneath episodes on spotify that's right and I discovered some of the comments that people have been leaving for our show. And I just want to say they warmed my heart and made my week. Thank you guys so much for not only listening, but then commenting and saying such nice things. Except for that one person, Rihanna. 
How are you yeah, doing? I on, appreciate uh, that. Well, we did name check her in the first episode, and she yeah. did not respond well to it. It wasn't but a diss track, though. The comments have been so nice and so supportive, so thank you. We hope you're still listening. And if you are, and you want to comment with any questions or uh, specific notes, please feel free. We'll take your advice, and we'll try to answer your questions right here on the pod. What do you say we get into this episode? I would love that, Nick. You know why? Why? I think in all honesty and without any bias, this is my favorite episode of the series thus far. Could it be because it's called Reed's Side of the Story? I think that could have a lot to do with it. Could it be because you narrate this entire episode, that it's from your perspective? Yes, which was very cool. Very cool. When they... When the writers told me that that was going to be happening at some point in the second season, I was so stoked because the Paper Princess novels, uh, upon which the Royals of Malibu is based, in the second book, it is written from Reed's character's um, perspective. And so I'm glad they sort of stayed true to that. I think any readers of the book would be quick to point out that there's quite a few divergences, but... This is one of those that I think they tried to honor, and I was stoked about it, and very nervous. Yeah. Because until this point, Alyssa, Ella, has been narrating, and it's really hard. And I, when we, she does such a great job, but when we would be in the booth, for those of you who don't know, we do a whole scene at once. So Alyssa would jump from, her narration voice straight into the scene work, which is a really, really hard thing to do because you're doing internal monologue into external dialogue and you have to take into account your environment, the circumstances, the emotions, and you go from internal emotion to external emotion, which as everybody knows in life are usually quite different based on the circumstances. And so it was very daunting challenge. Yeah. Well, let me just say this. Um, I know we poke fun at each other quite a bit, but in all seriousness, this is my favorite episode of the whole series. Uh, I think you did a brilliant job. Oh, I thanks, think it's man. some of the best work you've ever done. Ever? Yep. And that uh-huh. includes the speech we gave at our sister's wedding, uh-huh. which was awesome. Look it up on YouTube. It was pretty solid. Kidding. It's not on YouTube. It was way too long. Um, you did a fantastic job. I know how much preparation you did for it. I got to watch you in the booth and we're very lucky on this podcast, the Royal boys to have already had some amazing guests. We have some amazing guests lined up, but I intentionally asked you if it was okay that we just did this episode alone, just the two of us, because I think you deserve a lot of attention and credit. And I I am very proud of the work you did, and I want to discuss it with you. Also, there's some really great scenes between you and I in this, and I thought it would be fun if it was just you and I discussing it. Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. I didn't realize that, so I actually invited a guest along. Do not speak. Nope. Stand right there. Do not come near this mic. Sorry, Nana. Next time. Our 98-year-old grandmother, Helen, is just going to sit in the corner. Helen, Helen, She's don't get out of that hand. chair. I know you can't, but don't. Nana, put the knife down. No, not in your thigh. Nana. Oh, 
Gosh. Hold on, guys. I've got to remove a knife from my Nana's thigh. Thanks for all those sweet things, Nick. Um, I really appreciate that. I will say it's my favorite episode, not because I narrate it, but because it it gives the most uh, range and depth to Reed's character. But also, we got to do some really great scenes together, and I think it was some of your best work, and we'll get there as we sort of review the episode. But I had some really great scenes in, with everyone in this. I had a great scene with Armin. I had great scenes with you, with, with Alyssa. And I think, you know, I got a lot of... Uh, there was a lot of positive response to this episode online and in my DMs and all that. And I think a lot of that is because this is the first time and it took six episodes where we finally get to hear what the fuck happened. Yeah. And I think people were like starting to get a little frustrated by the fact that Ella wasn't hearing read out and we didn't know, like we were on Tinder hooks, like what the hell actually I was happened? one of those people that was frustrated and I was also on Tinder. But it's worth the wait. You are on Tinder. No, I'm not actually. It's going down. I'm yelling Tinder. You better swipe. Swipe to the right. Do we own the rights to that song? We do now. All right, let's get into it. So it opens with Reed saying, I hate birthdays. Yeah, and um, what a what a strong, strong opinion and hot take here. Um, but it really does lead into something quite beautiful. The reason he hates birthdays, of course, is because they used to be extremely special. His mom went all out uh, in making them special. And as her addiction issues and health got worse and worse, so too did the birthday celebrations became more minimalistic. Mm. And now that she's gone, they don't even celebrate birthdays anymore. So it's just a reminder of his mom and the loss that he has. But I will ask you, Chris... Do you hate birthdays? I don't hate birthdays. I I really like birthdays, not just my birthday, but I like any celebration, as we said in the opening. It's it's hard to find things to celebrate. So like any excuse to get a group of people together to celebrate is so great. And, you know, I think as actors and as, you know, comedians, we get to experience celebration of our performance or our work from time to time. And I think most people don't get that. Uh, you get one day a year, and people are very worthy of being celebrated. Some people are not, but most people are. And so, like, hell yeah, let's party, man. And I also like environments where, like, different groups of people and different friend groups are brought together. That's why I love birthdays. Really? I love birthdays not, again, to celebrate me. And this is going to sound weird because I'm an actor and, like, but I don't want that spotlight on me. I love birthdays and well, I love good news. <laughs> <laughs> no one's offering it. That's so, so true. But I love birthdays because the way I like to celebrate my own is just getting a space and inviting every single friend group I have and bringing them all together. And sometimes I probably overdo it by trying to be a good host and connecting. And But I love it. I love seeing everybody mingle and worlds colliding. And a birthday is such a great excuse for that. Yeah. Nick is very funny when he's hosting a party because he gets severe host anxiety. Not and anxiety. I'm excited. I get excitement. Yeah. Anxiety doesn't always have to be a negative, but it's like an energy. And he'll be just sort of running around the and 
he'll try to connect people and he'll make the loosest connections and be like, oh my God, Troy, you got to meet my friend Ashley. She has a television. You should talk about that. And it's like, what What are you doing? Not a lot of people have televisions and I think Troy and Ashley could have really hit it off. Troy and Ashley got married last year. And guess what I got them for their wedding? A Roku. No. An, a gift card out back state house. Oh, They already wow. had televisions. So how was I going to get them one? Oh, get the bloomin' onion. And some pumpernickel bread. Have an up and awesome birthday. Doing all your dreams come true. Have an awesome mossy birthday. And all our friends see you. Goodbye. Do we have the rights to that? We do now. So this is your 18th birthday, or this is Reed's 18th birthday. Congratulations. You know what that means. He's legal, ladies. And he can vote. I wonder who he's going to vote for. And he can go see R-rated movies without a chaperone. That's true. Um, and Reed's rich ass. We know how he's voting. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, he doesn't pay taxes yet, so maybe we don't. Oh, well, wait till that uh, capital gains and uh, estate tax comes into play in the state of California. I think we know how the royal family aligns. Yeah, you're right. Luxury real estate. But uh, we go back to him waking up on his 18th birthday, which, of course, is the infamous birthday when Ella walks in and finds him with Brooke. Mm-hmm. We all know this story by now. It spirals out of control. Uh, Brooke is on top of him, on his lap, kissing his neck. Ella walks in, singing happy birthday. Reed um, doesn't remember any of this. And this is really great sound editing here. They kind of like do this like dystopian, almost like a dreamlike sequence mm-hmm. in replaying all these sounds that we have heard before. Uh, that was uh, very cool. And then that immediately goes into the recap of the few months following without Ella. Yeah, well, and that's the bi- the biggest part, of course, is that we we find out what Brooke is holding over Reed, which is the deepfake video of Callum and Ella smooching together in the bed. I think it's more than smooching. And also at this point, we don't know it's a deepfake. We think it's real. That's true. So we see a video. Brooke shows him. She comes to the house distraught. And um she's already been broken up with by callum so she shouldn't be at the house reed is taken off guard and she immediately shows him this video of callum and ella in bed and that's when everything becomes a blur what do you think about that nick have you ever been in a situation where like presented with information where everything is a blur and then your stepmom's licking your neck (laughs) (laughs) too many times to count chris (laughs) too many times to count yeah no but i have you know had situations where you get a piece of information or learn some news and it's hard to concentrate on anything else yeah i think it happens all the time i'll be having a conversation with my girlfriend and she'll get a text and like it's like she just sort of tunes out all of a sudden and it's like hello knock knock and she'll be like wait what but and it's like very easily distracted so for people who could listen to this and reasonably be like wait a second how do you know like you just found out that your girlfriend and your dad were hooking up and made a sex tape together yeah that's gonna throw you for a tizzy you might not notice some hag sucking on your neck yeah that's true and then the cake is dropped on the ground what kind of cake do we think it was nick for reed i know what it would be if i if i if it was my birthday it would be funfetti funfetti but i think reed's just probably vanilla without icing (laughs) just a dry vanilla sponge yeah that's nice bake there that's well-baked, not too Underproved. stodgy. Underproved. Uh, that's a shout-out to the Great British Baking Competition. 
But um, yeah, glad we get we get it at the beginning. We get the the answer of the quote unquote gun that Brooke has to Reed's head, which we had alluded to in previous episodes. Um, and then of course this leads into that recap of the few months without Ella, Callum sending a PI, grade slipping, water polo taking a back seat for Reed. Um, we have Easton going off the rails, uh, devastated that she left. They're canceling family vacations. Can you imagine? So it's tough. And I, I'm glad that you said what you said. You know, your girlfriend will get a text and it's like, hello, Earth, uh, whatever. That's exactly what happens in this episode. Reed and Eastern are out trying to talk and Reed is completely zoned out. Yeah. To the that- point where he even, Easton has to like hit him and be like, yo, wake up. Which I remember recording in the booth and I actually hit you. Yeah. I still have actually that bruise. Yeah, I hit you hard. did not have to hit me that hard. I'm the same way when the Jets are playing. And like someone wants to have a conversation with me, I'm like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. Uh, let me just watch them blow this lead real quick. Oh, that's not true. They they, they would they, need they to have the lead. They would not have a lead. Yeah. yeah, but it is sad that this news is all you know. Jets well, games last three hours. This this lasts much longer, and it's straining yeah. the relationship between Easton and Reed, and Easton and his dad to the point where Callum is actually like really concerned in a genuine way that uh, I don't know if he ever has been for his sons before. Right. Or at least they've never felt. And Easton is like, dude, are you going to a fight? Forget you, man. Like, I'm done. I'm done. And coming from Easton, who has his own uh, bouquet of bullshit, it's, <laughs> that's saying something. You know, family family knows, and they know when you're zoned out, and they got to get you back in. But this zone out scene, when Easton and Reed are together, this is when we find out it is, in fact, a deep fake because... Because Reed shares it with Easton. And Easton, as I am, is a genius and looks at it and is like, dude, this is a deep fake. They're watching it in the sun, so it's kind of hard to say, but he screenshots it, zooms in, sees the butterfly tattoo on her ankle, which, of course, doesn't belong to Ella. It belongs to Brooke. Mm-hmm. He's like, bro, what, do you live in the 80s? This is a deep fake video. Do you blame Reed for missing that? No, not at all. Why? Because it's such a small thing. And he is so much more emotionally invested. Well, it's in it not than that, okay. Wait a second. It's not that small. All right. <laughs> Let's I'm talking about the tattoo. Oh, no, I agree. Like you know, it, it's easy after the fact to be like, dude, how did how could you possibly think this was real? But it's so shocking. And deep fakes look so crazy right now. Yeah. I hope nobody makes a deep fake of me. No, no, you, you, no one's interested. No please, one would. No one would make a shallow me. fake of you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a good swimmer. Let's move on to this next scene. Yeah, this was a tough scene. Uh, This was the flashback scene, the first and only scene thus far that we have with Reed and his mother. And what is she doing? She is at 2 a.m. making a lasagna, which is not normal behavior. Although, you know, when you grow up Italian like us, uh, there's never a bad time to make a lasagna. That's true. That's true. You know what I'm saying? A little uh, pasta, a little tomato, a little ricotta, a little some, uh, some beef. Were you going to say balsamic? I was, but... Although that would be you know, a little balsamic no, reduction. No, balsamic does not belong on a lasagna. You are no, wrong. You're and right. Don't even try to defend it. Balsamic yourself. actually pairs nicely with desserts if you reduce it. 
it's a little sweeter. You want to use a red wine vinegar. Yeah, like on a, on a strawberry or something. Do you like lasagna? I love lasagna. Same. That was a tea up, Nick, because uh, again, Italian family, one of our traditions at Christmas, every Christmas is we have a lasagna and our, a very good friend of our family, Karina, makes a lasagna. She's like an 85-year-old Italian woman and she makes some of the best lasagna It in is the world. unbelievable. And like, you know, a lot of people have lasagnas and it's like five layers of noodle and ricotta and meat and sauce. Hers is like very thin noodle and there's probably 50 layers. Yeah. It's, so like you, my favorite feeling is like putting the fork through it because uh-huh. it's so delicate and it just hits every single layer. Yeah. It's, it's like awesome. a, it's like a crepe cake. Have you ever had a crepe cake? No. Oh, okay. If you, listeners, if you've never had a crepe cake, it's literally an entire cake but it's just made up of layers of crepe and then like a little whipped filling another crepe little whipped filling another crepe until it's stacked super high it is so good oh wait i have had one i lied did you like it yeah it was really good yeah but i was wishing it was karina's lasagna were you like holy crepe this shout is out. good yeah shout out to karina yeah she's listening yeah big royals malibu fan. nana no nana stop s- stop it nana Put the cat down. Where did you get a cat? We don't have cats. I'm allergic. Nana, stop bringing cats in here. This was a tough scene for me. This was probably the hardest scene I've had to do in this series because, first of all, they wanted me to sound younger because I think I had to sound 15. And I have when s- you're 15, going on 17, you, you just skip, skip six a year. <laughs> We only write that song? Uh, we do now because I think it's pretty original. <laughs> Wild, really. Sorry, Rogers and Hammerstein. Yeah, so they wanted me to sound younger. Uh, and then there's the emotion of the scene, which uh, I hope I captured well. But You it- did capture well. And it's so tough because it starts as this very sweet labor of love. Only give lasagna the people, like makes lasagna for people your head's o- head over heels about. This like sweet moment. And then so quickly turns into this mom i'm scared and you shouldn't be scared your kids shouldn't worry about their parents and i know you're high i mean you're making a lasagna at 2 a.m yeah like you're you've been a ghost i miss you this really really sad thing and all the things you're dealing with with your dad they mentioned callum has been traveling for work a lot the mom isn't around you go through like all these steps of grief you've done a really good job and i can only imagine i was i was sitting there watching you do the scene which was difficult because i don't like watching you get sad but i can imagine Thanks, it was man. it was only that much harder because this is not what your relationship is like with our mom it's not but in many ways that makes it easier because um my acting teacher is always like you know especially when you're going to do a sad or dramatic scene about loss she always recommends starting from a place of love and gratitude because if you are feeling full of love and gratitude um, or saturated, as she likes to call it, then when you have to think about the loss of that, it's that much more powerful, which is an interesting sort of strategy. But yes, this was uh, difficult, especially because you have to do these scenes several times in the booth. So you have to, you do it, and then you reset, and you got to do it again and again. I think we did this one three times. And it's hard to put yourself in that emotional space of of thinking about losing your mother um, yeah. three times in a row. Because he hadn't lost his mother yet. And, uh, and so he was upset about 
the thought of losing her. But then it also becomes hopeful because she promises that everything starting now, 2.13 a.m., I'm turning this ship around. Yeah. And then, of course, the heartbreaking line, less than a year later, she was gone. She was gone. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's tough. And it's such a insight into how Reed is because he says, you know, now he does all these things to avoid actually feeling. Yeah. That probably explains why he's so humorless. And I think it also explains his commitment issues and trust issues because the person he trusted most in the world promised him that she would turn it around and she couldn't. I'm not going to say she didn't uh, because I think when you struggle with addiction, uh, particularly with pills like, like his mother did, uh, it's oftentimes not a matter of choice. It's an illness. It's an, it's a chemical addiction to something. And, if anyone on here is struggling with that, we encourage you to get, you know, get the help you need medically and emotionally. Uh, and there's no shame in it. But uh, yeah, I think as a 15 year old, you don't see it that way, especially when it's your mother. And and so he has these severe trust issues and and fear of abandonment. And it leads him to do some pretty bad stuff, make some bad decisions. And yeah. he's very, very fortunate that his bad decisions did not lead him to death. And I'm specifically referencing the car accident. Well, before we go there, if we can just go back real quickly, this scene with Reed and his mother inspired me to come up with a brand new segment on our show that I call lasagna of the week. Love it. Lasagna of the week award. So as Reed's mother says, only make a lasagna for someone who's super special and who means the world to you. And Nick, we can relate to this, our love for lasagna. It's very special, and we don't share it with anybody. When people try to take leftovers after Christmas, they got to earn those leftovers. You, you know how I leftovers. feel. Earn your leftovers. You either have to help clean the kitchen, mm-hmm. and not just come and say, I'll do the rest of the dishes when they're already done. You got to earn your leftovers. But, okay, so lasagna of the week. Here's how it works. We, You and I each get a, a figurative lasagna to award to a person who has uh, had the biggest impact on our week this week. And so I will start. I am going to give my lasagna of the week, the first ever lasagna of the week, to my girlfriend, Natalie Ortega, because she found out some very, very huge, exciting news professionally. I'm not allowed to disclose exactly what it is just yet, which I know is a frustrating thing to do, but... It's a dream role that she's booked as an actress, and I'm so, so freaking proud of her because she works so hard, and she's so talented, and she's so deserving. And to watch someone's literal childhood dream come true in front of your eyes is really an incredible thing. So, Natalie, you get my lasagna of the week. Congratulations, Natalie. It is amazing. I can't wait till we can actually share what it is. Can you share where it is? I can share that it's going to be in New York City. And I can share that it's going to be a street called Broadway that sort of runs in the middle of Manhattan. Yeah. That's where it will be taking place. And that's all I can say. That's very, very cool. And I don't even know if I could say that. And what's so funny, too, is that your girlfriend can't eat lasagna. That's right. She's allergic to almost everything that's in lasagna. That's very funny. Well, She has a dairy and a gluten allergy. So going out to dinner with her and sharing things is so much fun. But she can eat this lasagna, this yes, figurative this lasagna, celebratory lasagna. This is a gluten, dairy-free lasagna 
for my lady Natalie. I know I'm springing this on you, Nick, uh, because you didn't know I was going to do. A I didn't a, know you were. You didn't know I was going to create a brand new segment called Lasagna of the Week. Uh, so, can you quickly think of someone who is deserving of your lasagna? I can think of many people that are deserving of my lasagna. Um, I'm going to give it to you. No, Nick, I couldn't possibly. I'm going to give on. it. I'm Chris. You get my lasagna this week to piggyback off what you were just said. Your lasagna. It is very difficult at times to watch people succeed in a business where we're all trying so hard. A lot of people have very hard times seeing their friends and loved ones succeed when they're in the trenches with them and they're thinking, when's my turn? It leaves a lot of room for bitterness and envy and you never ever once even hint at showing that and I think that is admirable. You only celebrate the wins of others. Sometimes you even sacrifice your own opportunities to help others achieve their own wins and I think that is an incredible trait and if that is not deserving of a fictitious lasagna then i don't know what is lasagna the week that's very sweet man thank you so much you're welcome is Never that gonna to me again is that gonna be the new the theme song for lasagna the week it can't be because it's too close to the old man alarm but i'll think of something yeah. it should be something italian inspired like you get the lasagna or what about this la 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 lasagna Oh, I like that. La, 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 lasagna. I changed the key. They call me the locksmith because I always change the key. It's not a talent. It's an accident, but you're good at it. I'm accidentally talented. Speaking of accidents. Uh-huh. Transition. Reed gets into a car accident. Yes. So Reed spirals out of control after the loss of his mother. He's dabbling in alcohol and uh, fighting and drugs and it culminates in his, he gets in an argument with Easton on the phone, and then he gets in a car accident. Now, I think the team behind the Royals of Malibu and the editing and the writing is so great. This is the only note I have, is that when we were recording this, there was a line that Reed said that he was like, and then I wrapped my Tesla around a light pole or something. And... I don't know if the listeners picked up on it, but when I was listening to the final episode, it's a little ambiguous that he gets into a car accident. So if you're listening to this, listeners, that was a car accident and it was a a close call. He almost died. I think we edited a lot out of the final episode that might have left that a little sort of like, wait, what just happened? But it was in fact a, a car accident. Yeah, so it is a car accident, and I will venture to say Reed is very lucky he got in this car accident and survived it. Because, so lucky? No, he is lucky because, you know, a lot of people struggle with things, and sometimes they don't get to hit rock bottom and come back from it, and he does. Yeah, and, you know, you know sometimes we need a wake-up call. And he's, he even admits it himself, which is, you know, credit to him. Wake up! Make up! You want to do! Make up! Do you want to do! Is that a song? Because I was going to ask if we have the rights to it, but I'm not even sure that was a song. It is a song. I think it's Papa Roach. I could be wrong, but it's definitely a song. And we, hold on. Papa Roach just came out with a new album. Really? Yeah. It's been a while. He, he might be a grandpapa Roach now, but Roaches <laughs> Roach Roach live forever, dude. Yeah. But anyway, read uh, credit to him. He says he needs to fix this. And um, and he gets back on track in a way that like pisses Ella off when she's back in Sacramento. She's like... And when they have their big fight scene in like episode two or three or whatever it is, 
she's like, I expected you to be unraveling and you're doing great and getting good grades. And it's like, well, this is the part she didn't see. He did unravel and he did hit rock bottom. Um, he just didn't, you know, blast it on social media. So Reed decides he's going to fix things. The first stop is to go and confront Brooke. He does. He shows up at Brooke's door. And what does she say to him? This is a weird booty call. I think she said worst booty call ever. Which, by the way, Brooke, who the hell do you think you are? You're a middle-aged pregnant woman and some hot-ass 18-year-old's coming to your house. That is not a bad booty call. Yeah, seriously. But anyway, he's like gets right up into it and says, delete the video. And um, she blackmails him. She does. He tells her he knows it's a deep fake, and she's like, I don't care. I can fix it. And she says it's enough. It's good enough to ruin your dad and Ella's life. Which is so true because we live in a time where just the, the a sniff of impropriety, people aren't going to double check and verify. They'll see it for four seconds on a headline or scrolling and they'll be like, that's the truth now. So like nobody's going to listen if he's like, actually, it was uh, if you look closely, like people are going to be like, nah, he's a creep. Yeah. You take it, you take it, you make your opinion, you move on. Yeah court of public opinion man there scary, is not a lot scary. of due process not yeah. a lot of due process in the court of public opinion and what does brooke say to him the only way she will get rid of this video is if he if reed helps brooke get back with callum convince your dad to take me back so callum maybe hey i'm your stepmom and i am crazy so, so here's my number callum, callum maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, do we have the right song? we do now but anyway, now we have uh, we have some stakes up in this episode. Yum. We have um, Reed's mission. Now he needs to get Callum and Brooke back together. Otherwise, Callum and Ella are in a whole host of trouble with this video being re- released. And Reed is getting, 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 getting them back together. Reed will talk to Brooke, will talk to Callum, talk to East. Because we... <laughs> we own that? We do not. No, Taylor Swift has a, is very litigious. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't have that song. All right, Nick. Here's my favorite moment of the episode. You already said that. Yeah, you're right. Here's my second favorite moment of the episode. Is our fight? So, I hated this. What do you? What I do you mean, get? I think the scene came out great. I thought we did we did good work, but I didn't like fighting with you. We don't yeah. really fight that much in real life. Well, not now. I we mean, didn't really we're, fight that much when we were younger. No, we get in little tiffs where it's like, all right, dude, you're annoying me. Get out of here. Yeah, but that's normal. The fights that we've ever had, I don't think any of either of us have ever closed fist hit each other. Uh you and I know open open hand slap. There have been like, times when we were like, younger. Yeah, but I remember it being like, even like you do it and you like you try to hold back so you don't hurt the person, but you want to. Yeah, you're pulling your punches. Uh, our sister, close fist, hit me in the mouth once. She also kicked me across the room once. Yeah. That was the first time. She, oh, I was, I'm the youngest. She's the oldest. I was always like protected by her. And I remember so distinctly the one time that she finally hit me. And it was warranted because I was uh, throwing her underwear we were all on a family vacation. I was throwing her underwear into a ceiling fan, and she told me to stop, and I didn't, and so she kicked me. 
Reed drives to uh, where Easton is because Easton called him when he gets there. Easton's like, get out, you're buzzkill. And this is where Easton really lets out all his frustration towards Reed. I, I might have said this before, but uh, I'm saying it again now. This is my favorite line that I've ever had in, in any episode, which is, it's enough, East. We've been through enough. Yeah, they've been through a lot. And and it's so true. It's it, It's like they together have been through enough and their arguments and their fights and they quickly realize it in the most like masculine brotherly way where it's like, okay, we have our explosion. Are we done now? Yeah. Okay. Let's get back in the car. But I remember recording this. I think we did this scene maybe three or four times and it was just me and you in the booth, but everybody else was sitting outside of it. And it was so intense that I remember everyone was so respectful and like quiet and gave us time in between Mm -hmm. because it's tough to fight with you. Yeah, our director, Matt, was so great. They would, after scenes like this, they'd be like, okay, that was great. Why don't we, whenever you're ready, take another one. Yeah, it's, it, it was, was very exhausting. tender and, yeah. and aware of the emotional exertion to do stuff like this. So, Matt Sav, thanks, we love Matt you. Sav. Matt Sav, we love you. I can't believe this is our first shout out of Matt Sav, episode six. That's, That's why I'm going to say it one more time. Matt Sav, we love you. So unfair. Big takeaway from the scene, though is they both admit that they want Ella back and it's how, how do we get her back and Easton says the hard truth to Reed so the only way she's going to get back is if you stay away hurtful but Reed's like I think he's right yeah that's tough but then Reed continues to put things into motion another great family tender moment he's he's sneaking in at 4 a.m. his dad catches him but he's not upset with him because he knows he was taking care of his brother and he genuinely asks him, you know, what's going on? You're angry. You're destructive. Please just tell me. And Reed even admits this is the first time like his dad has shown that genuine concern for him. And then it's so heartbreaking that he lies to him. I know. Well, also, this is one of those this is one of those parenting moments that I think is very powerful. And growing up, our parents used it a lot, which is the I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. And it's like, ah, shit. Like, I'd rather be screamed at than have someone be like, I'm concerned. Sit. We need to talk. It's like, oh, no. We got to be vulnerable. Can't you just yell at me and tell me to go to my room? Yeah. But yeah, then Reed lies to his face. And it is tough to listen to. Re-listening to it, I was like, oh, that's the worst. Because I felt bad for Callum and Reed. Callum's like really trying his best to be a good dad and to be like, you know, to listen and, and get to the bottom of this. And Reed's like, it's because you pushed Brooke away. And he's rightfully so confused. <laughs> he's like, what? You fucking hated Brooke. And, and so Reed's did I, like, I think. Yeah. And Reed's like, you don't, it shows how little you know. And Callum, like, talk about gaslighting. I mean, Callum must have been like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Damn it. I have to get back it's with like, this chick. Yeah, now he's got to go back with crazy yeah. Brooke. But he's like, you abandoned everyone. And then he, he throws a dagger. He's like, you, you abandoned our mom. You abandoned Oof. Brooke. And Ella probably is scared you're going to do the same to her. Real fucked up emotional manipulation. But but I think some of Reed's it's true. Emo- some of it's too. true. Of course, of course. But like you said, it's hard when Callum was really trying, maybe for the first time, to be a good father. And that was the response. Yeah. But that's how he gets the plan of motion. That's how he thinks he's going to get Ella back. And he's really doing it to protect him. I mean, have you ever told a lie to somebody 
knowing it's a lie, but you're doing it to protect them? Yeah, of course. Everyone does it. You tell little white lies. But I don't think this is a white lie, though. This is a straight-up lie, because a white lie... But he is doing it to protect his dad. No. Well, oh, that's true. But you're right. It's not... Like, white lie is more, like, uh, innocuous. Like, yeah, those jeans look great on you. Or, like, oh, no, girly, your makeup's not running down your face. Yeah. Not, not like, hey, go impregnate a crazy woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So that your deep fake porn doesn't leak. That's not a white lie. No, that's a colorful lie. That's a very, very colorful. A rainbow lie. A rainbow lie. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lie. But you can, uh, I think, again, great job by you. Hear, hear the confliction in your voice. Hear you discovering that this is what you have to do and hear you executing it. That's tough to do, man. That's tough acting. And you did it. And I'm just so upset that you're not able to translate that to screen because you would probably work more. <laughs> Uh, that's very nice. I I struggled listening to it. I was like, for all you people, here's a good question that no one's asked, but like, what's it like listening to yourself? It's brutal. Oh, I, I have to listen to it on 1.2 speed. Yeah. But even like we, when we, we edit this pot, these podcasts and we just have to like listen to our voices and our stupid opinions and our dumb songs and your long, long fucking stories. I know. Oh, the stories. We could have a whole nother podcast called Cut Stories That Chris Told. And the craziest thing is you start every one of them with quick story. Yeah. And they never are. You ever call your own phone and hear your voicemail? It's like, hey, it's Chris. Leave a message. Or like listen to a voice memo. It's devastating. We talked about this on one of the episodes. Yeah. When we were talking about texting versus voice mem- memoing. Oof. So yeah, listening to this scene... And this whole episode, I was it was a little cringy for me. Yeah. Uh, but I was proud of it, I think. You should be. You should be proud of it. Thanks, man. And, and it has such a wonderful arc, and it comes back r- right at the end to where we are now. You're back at the bonfire. You've started the episode losing Ella, and you're telling her you have these trust issues. You're explaining everything. You're telling her you're, she's the only girl that matters to you. You're apologizing because you thought she cheated on you. And... It turns out she trusts you. She trusts me. It's a really beautiful moment. We're back, baby. But you have a line in there that the episode ends with. Should I deliver it again? Yeah. Or do you want to have a line read off? Like, you try it. I'll try it, and then you you try it, and then I'll try it. I will end anyone who gets in our way. I will end anyone who gets in our way. I like your version. Yeah. Nana, you want to try? Nana. 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 Good job. Poor Nana. Poor Nana. Poor Nana. What about poor father? It's your last night in the nursery. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter Pan. Thank you. And you know what I think it's time for now, Nick? I do think, but I'm not positive. Can you tell me? Dinner. It's time for dinner. No, it's time for royal decrees. Hear ye, hear ye, a royal decree. All right, Nick, you want to go first? Okay. Do it. You know, um, last episode, we spoke with Hannah Montoya. Her character, Savannah, was getting yoga certification, taking yoga classes. Maybe that's why this is on my mind. Maybe that's why this past week I did some yoga. We also spoke about Reed's teen angst and all the things he's going through and how he dealt with them in not the healthiest way. So I decree... That everyone try at some point during their week 
to add in some aspect of yoga or meditation or stretching, whether it's five minutes, an hour, whatever it is, one time a week. Just try it. It's really helpful. I was having a rough day the other day. I took a pause, did some yoga, some deep breathing, and I felt a lot better. Could it be placebo? Sure. But I think it's very helpful. I think it's a healthy way to help yourself. I know this is not the most fun of the royal decrees, but that's what I'm going to decree. Uh, sorry. You done? What? I fell asleep. It's okay. That's good self-care. <laughs> uh, you just took a uh, an acting class that had... Didn't, didn't you do like a, a whole breathing and body work class? We did. How'd that go? It went really well. It went really well. It was really... You know, going into it, I'm like, really? We got to do this? And then I left and I was like, wow, that really does apply to acting in your work because when you open the space, you're open to other emotions and presenting those emotions in ways that people can digest and be entertained by and relate to. So it's helpful. I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. What's your royal decree? I decree, leave your fucking dog at home. It's a very different tact, although it probably... It, I don't have a dog. It probably applies to the yoga-going crowd, with all due respect. Especially in L.A., man. People bring their dogs everywhere. To restaurants and stores and grocery shopping. Stop! Leave your dog at home. Take it for a walk. Go to the dog park. I'm tired of eating an omelet at a nice little cafe and having some golden doodles snout in my crotch. While I'm trying to eat some rosemary roasted potatoes. Yeah. Get out of my taters. Stop it. I have a buddy who has this cute, cute dog and he is obsessed with it. And a couple months ago, I was like, me and my other buddy from out of town, we were going to go out for drinks. And he was like, all right, I'm bringing the dog. And I was like, what are you talking about? He wanted to bring the dog to a cocktail bar with us. I was like, stop it. I'm not going if you bring the dog. That's obscene. Yeah. Also... And I do, I'm a big believer in like emotional support animals and, and service animals. They're very important. I think they're very um, effective, but it's like, it's like becoming a reverend online. Like it, you just sign up on a website now and like, boom, you have an emotional support animal and people are taking advantage of it and they're muddying the waters for people who really need it just so that they can like keep it on their lap on the airplane. And it's, it's unacceptable. I don't want to go to a Broadway show and have your fucking insert name of a dog sitting next to me. Yeah. You know what you could probably benefit from? Cody? Some, da some downward dog. Oh. <laughs> oh, Nick. You're so good at doing the full circle stuff and it sucks every time. Yeah. So then I guess I'm not that good at it. No, you're good at it. It's just obnoxious. It's the circle of life. How moves so Why why do you start in a different key? Because I can't sing as high as you, Nick. I hate ending our episode on a bad note. Nice. Get it? Yeah. All right. Bye. I'm here all week. Take care. You're not here all week. You have to go. That's true. I'm going. We're we're recording in my apartment and I would love it if you left. I'm going to leave. This has been The Royal Boys, episode six. Thanks for still listening, Mom. Nana? Nana. You could come out now. You can come out now, Nana. 
Nana, say goodbye to everybody. We're gonna get you some lasagna. Yep. Lasagna! Guys, thank you so much for listening. This was a very special episode. Chris, well done. You Great too, buddy. work. And um, look us up on uh, Instagram, at ncafero, at ccafero, the Royals of Malibu page as well. And leave your comments, questions, concerns, anything you want on those Spotify comments that I now know exist. It's really fun to read. Read Royal. Nice. Have a good one, everyone. Bye.